This is the Saucer Afterlife, wherein we tie up loose ends, have second thoughts, provide updates, and uh, do other things. Uh, and what we'll be doing today is uh, another in what is now officially a series of um, looks at children-themed UFO or flying saucer books. And uh, today's entry, and it's a short one, so this might actually... I think this will end up being an audiobook, an unofficial audiobook, please don't call lawyers, um, is by William Wise, uh, illustrated by, uh, which doesn't do you any good, but illustrated by Richard Kafari, and it is called Monsters from Outer Space? Question mark. And this is from uh, Weekly Reader Books, this edition of it anyway, is from Weekly Reader Books, and if you're of a certain age, uh, you will remember... Um, Weekly Reader as being sort of a newspaper distributed to, uh, to students of elementary age with interesting stories and things like that. They also apparently sold books. I always got my school books from the Scholastic Book Order. That was the the gold standard uh, back in those days of bringing your money in a little envelope and then waiting eight weeks to get your book. But uh, Monsters from Outer Space looks like it might be good. Now, before we get into the book itself, one of the things that I really, really like about it and also really, really hate about it is that um, it tells a lot of very specific stories about specific encounters, but provides no names at all. And the thing is, a lot of these sound really familiar to me, but that might be because maybe they're just cobbled together from more well-known cases or from actual well-known cases that we have names for, but that uh, William Wise, the author, doesn't. And another thing is it, it, it strikes a, and this is unsurprising, but it does strike a fairly skeptical tone in a lot of ways. So now what I think we're going to do is listen to Monsters from Outer Space. One dark night several years ago, three teenage girls were driving home along a narrow country road. Looking up at the sky, they saw some red and white lights traveling toward them. At first, they thought the lights were part of an airplane. The lights were so near the ground, though, that as the plane flew closer, the girls became frightened and their motor stalled. Then the headlights went off, leaving them in complete darkness. By now, the mysterious flying object was overhead. It seemed to be made of metal, but it didn't look like any plane or helicopter the girls had ever seen, and when they listened, there was no sound of a motor in the sky. For a few minutes, the object floated above the road. The girls had the feeling it was watching them. Then it turned and glided away. Soon the radio began to play again, the headlights came on, and the motor started without trouble. When the girls got back to town, they told people what had happened. Before long, local newspapers printed the story of their adventure. The papers said the girls had seen a UFO, an unidentified flying object, but what that object really had been, the papers could not say. During recent years, many other UFOs have been reported in different parts of the world. Some have been observed at night, others during the day. Some UFOs were said to be round, some flat, and some were said to be large, cigar-shaped objects. Some UFOs were seen by people on the ground, while others were seen by experienced pilots flying high above the Earth. Thousands of such reports have been carefully investigated in the United States, Canada, Sweden, and several other countries. In the United States, they have been studied by the Air Force and the Central Intelligence Agency. As a result, during the last few years, we have learned a great deal about UFOs, or flying saucers as they are sometimes called. 
Today we know that a certain number of UFOs are only hoaxes, that is, made-up stories. Some people do this to call attention to themselves. They claim they have seen a spaceship or a flying saucer and hope they will get their photograph in a newspaper or be invited to be on television. We also know that sometimes people think they have seen a flying object when it only exists in their imagination. We say that such people have suffered from a hallucination. In one famous case, a man actually believed that he had seen and climbed aboard a flying saucer. He thought he had flown through the air and talked with the strange-looking occupants of the spaceship, but the adventure was just a hallucination, which had only taken place in the man's mind. It would be a mistake, though, to believe that all UFOs are either hoaxes or hallucinations. The truth is that most UFOs are something else. They are what we call optical illusions. An optical illusion is something we believe we have seen, when in reality we have seen something quite different. According to the United States experts, at least 9 out of 10 UFOs really are optical illusions which can be explained by scientific facts. At times, there seems to be almost no limit to the different ways that an optical illusion may occur. Many UFOs are natural objects that people have looked at in the sky, but have mistaken for something else. To the human eye, the planet Venus usually looks like a bright star, but when Venus is close to the horizon, it sometimes appears to be moving back and forth, although it isn't really. And then people may think they have been watching the light of a distant spaceship. Each year, too, numerous shooting stars or meteors enter the atmosphere around the Earth. Such shooting stars are made up of gas and small particles of dust or other matter. On entering the atmosphere, they grow extremely hot and burn up. When people see a flight of shooting stars racing across the night sky, they are often deceived into thinking they have seen a formation of lighted spaceships flying overhead. The human eye can be deceived in many other ways. Sometimes light reflecting on a window pane or on our eyeglasses will change the appearance of an object we are looking at. Sometimes sunlight or distant searchlights will strike a bank of clouds. Then, if we happen to be looking at the sky, we may spot moving shapes which seem to act like flying saucers. During recent years, too, thousands of man-made objects have been sent into space. Many of them are still circling the Earth. Numerous rockets and communication satellites are now in the sky. Sometimes, when they are visible at night or on a cloudy day, they are mistaken for flying saucers. Huge weather balloons are also circling our planet. The smallest are a hundred feet wide. When sunlight or bright moonlight strikes a giant balloon, its sides will reflect light in various ways, and the balloon may be mistaken for a mysterious, silent spaceship. It probably was such a balloon that the three frightened girls saw floating above the dark country road the night they were driving home. Optical illusions may occur just as easily during the day as at night. A number of years ago, an American naval officer was driving along a highway in broad daylight with his wife and two children. All at once, they saw a group of 12 or 14 strange white objects flying across the eastern sky. The objects did not look like anything they had seen before. The officer stopped the car, took out his 16mm movie camera, and for several minutes photographed what he thought were either a new kind of airplane or a flight of spaceships. He was sure the objects were large and were flying high above the earth, perhaps as high as 50,000 feet. But the sunlight, or an unusual condition in the atmosphere, had fooled the officer and his family. For when the films were developed and studied by experts, it turned out that the objects had not been planes or flying saucers after all. Instead, they had been merely a flight of birds, probably seagulls, flying only 2,000 or 3,000 feet away. People in an airplane can be deceived as easily as people on the ground. 
In one case, while flying at night, the pilot and co-pilot of a passenger plane caught sight of a dull red object that seemed to be approaching them at great speed. Just when the plane and the UFO appeared ready to collide, the UFO turned slightly, zoomed past the plane, and disappeared into the clouds above. Afterward, the two pilots described the UFO. They said it was shaped like a cigar, was 100 feet long, and had two rows of lighted windows. There was a blue glow underneath it and a long orange-red flame behind, surely a mysterious spaceship, until scientists studied the report and decided their UFO actually had been an unusually bright meteor traveling far, far away from the pilots and their plane. Since there are so many ways that our eyes can be deceived by what is in the sky, it is hardly surprising that a certain number of UFOs cannot be completely explained. As a result, many people think that at least a few of these unexplained UFOs are neither optical illusions, nor hoaxes, nor hallucinations. Rather, they believe that we are not the only living creatures in the universe, and that a number of UFOs are really spaceships sent to Earth from other worlds at a great distance away. Curiously enough, such ideas are far from new. Three or four hundred years ago, people first discovered how to use small telescopes to study the heavens. They learned that our planet, Earth, is one of only several planets traveling around the sun. And so they began to wonder whether there might not be other creatures besides ourselves, perhaps dangerous monsters living somewhere in space. Before long, people began to think there may be such space creatures. One early astronomer wrote that although the sun was very hot, he was certain there were special sun people who were able to live there. Another early scientist said that a race of large, hideous insects inhabited the moon, and a third famous philosopher claimed that the people on the planet Mars looked much like us, except that their faces were half black and half yellow. He said this was true because one evening some Martians had paid him a visit and told him about life on their planet. Today, of course, we know much more about our solar system than people did during earlier times. We know there are no creatures like ourselves living on the sun, the moon, or Mars, nor are there any monsters living there either. This does not mean, however, that there might not be some form of life on Mars, nor does it mean that intelligent creatures might not exist somewhere else in the vast universe. Within the last few years, we have sent a number of unmanned spacecraft to the moon and to several of the planets. Such craft carry many scientific instruments into space. When a spacecraft flies close to a planet, or when it lands there, its instruments begin to send back information and photographs to scientists on Earth. In part, because of such space probes, scientists no longer believe it possible that there are advanced forms of life on Mercury, Venus, Mars, or on any other planet in our solar system. During recent years, too, we have done something that people in earlier times always dreamed of. We have built a manned spacecraft and sent the first travelers to the moon. After landing safely there, our astronauts were able to collect rocks and other materials. Then they brought back these invaluable specimens to our scientists on Earth. Now we understand far more about the moon and about our own planet than we ever did before. During recent years too, better telescopes and other instruments have helped scientists to study the mysteries of distant space. Today we know many new things about the universe and about the countless stars that exist far beyond our solar system. We know that our sun is really only an average-sized star, and that it is but one of billions of similar stars in the universe. We also know that our entire solar system forms just a tiny part of the matter that exists in space. And we know, too, how great a distance separates us from the nearest stars, and how very long it would take for any spacecraft to reach Earth from another solar system. Distances in space are so enormous that sometimes it is hard for us to understand them. 
Usually, we measure such distances in a special way. The fastest airplane travels two or 3,000 miles an hour. A spacecraft travels 25,000 miles an hour. To reach Centaurus, the star system closest to Earth, it would have to travel through space for about 120,000 years. But a beam of light travels much, much faster than a spaceship can. It travels 186,000 miles every second. Moving at the speed of light, a spaceship would have to travel four and a half years before reaching Centaurus. So we say that such a star system is four and a half light years away from Earth. And some stars in the universe are millions of times farther from us than Centaurus is. Because such great distances separate us from even the nearest stars, most scientists do not believe that creatures from other worlds really have existed the planet in mysterious spaceships or have landed here in strange-looking flying saucers. Yet many scientists do believe that intelligent creatures might be living somewhere else in space. A few years ago, while using giant radio telescopes, some astronomers received puzzling radio signals from far beyond our solar system. They called these signals LGM, for little green men, because it was possible that some kind of living creatures were sending the signals in our direction. Since then, we have learned that such radio signals are emitted by a special kind of star called a pulsar, and that they are not being sent by living beings. This does not mean, of course, that there are no other life forms in the universe, or that we ourselves are the only living creatures in all of space. Many scientists believe that although we have not yet located them, there probably are a number of other solar systems like our own, somewhere in the universe. They believe that there may be planets like Earth, and that some kind of intelligent creatures could be living there. Each year, we learn more and more about space and the universe. As a result, one day we may be able to send our astronauts to Mars, or build a permanent space station on the Moon. And perhaps in a hundred or two hundred years, travelers will leave Earth to visit a distant star or another solar system. One day, too, we may discover a solar system similar to our own in distant space. If that should happen, we may find that there really are other intelligent creatures living in the universe, and that although they are very different from ourselves, they are as eager to communicate with us as we are with them. Okay, thank you for indulging that. Uh, what's interesting is I have no recollection of where I got this copy of this book. I, I have none, but it's really familiar. I'll uh, post some pictures up of, uh, of the cover and an interior page or two like I did with uh, Greta Woodrow's book uh, last time we looked at a children's book. And the cover especially, the, the big-headed fellas on the cover with the flying saucer that you'll see on the, uh, the front and uh, front and back covers are identical as often the case with weekly reader books. Um, I remember seeing this when I was a kid. Um, this must it might have been in a school library or something, but uh, it's an interesting book. Now, some listener participation. If any of those cases that they mentioned and then utterly dismissed sound familiar to you, let me know. I, I think the one with the cigar-shaped object, object with the um, the airline pilots that really reminds me of the uh, the Childs Witted case. Um, I think that's what it was called down in uh, down in the southern states over Alabama or Georgia or something like that back in the fifties. It was one I think it was one of the Project Sign cases very early on, and it certainly didn't sound like a meteorite uh, to me anyway. But uh, any ideas about what the rest of those things are? Let me know. Um, 
in uh, in conclusion, that's uh, that's it. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the Saucer Afterlife. Our associate producer remains Simpson J. Hanover III, um, and uh, we will talk to you later. <laughs>